chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. This uh, portion of scripture here, um, where Jesus is uh, speaking to Simon Peter, and um, it's just before he tells Peter that Peter will deny him. And he looks at him and he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you and that he might sift you like wheat. And then he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Um, I struggle with what to call this. I don't feel like that every message, every sermon uh, has to have a, a title. Um, I've talked to Brother Perryman about this in the past, and uh, a lot of times he said his, he'll get a thought and then kind of go from there. And uh, I run into a lot of times, and maybe it's uh, a lack of creativity comes out, <laughs> but uh, I, I have a hard time sometimes putting titles on things. Um, but tonight what I want to talk about is our end-time faith, our end-time faith. Uh, faith is a very uh, broad topic. Um, we can go many different directions whenever we talk about faith. My first sermon that I ever preached, ever, ever before, ever, was on the topic of faith. It was an easy sermon to preach. Uh, whenever you begin talking about faith, there's many different directions that you can take it. Faith in itself, the word faith, has many different meanings. Could could mean any different th many different things as you begin to talk about it. We could say that faith is our trust in God. That um, whenever we whenever we come before the church with with prayer requests and we begin to pray, um, I I, I often will pray, Lord, you see those who have made this request in faith, believing that you will hear them and that you will answer. We say we have faith to believe that we can be healed, that God can provide for us. Th those are examples of, of faith being trust in God. But sometimes whenever we use the word faith, we're talking about uh, our religious belief that, that uh, a preacher is a man of faith, that, um, that, that we are a, a people of faith, and, and talking about our religious belief. Faith is mentioned throughout the Bible. Uh, consistently and constantly it is a cornerstone of Christianity we must have faith um, I believe that there's nothing really that you that you can do in life that you don't exhibit some type of faith it just depends on what you have faith in uh, driving down the road you have faith that the person coming towards you in the other lane is going to stay in their lane and not come into yours uh, those who are um, atheists, they have faith to believe in science and to believe in whatever it is that they say that they believe in. As Christians, we have faith in God. We have faith in who He is, in what He can do, in His ability. We have faith to believe that He created the earth. We have faith to believe that He hears us. We have faith to believe all of these things that, that, that are wrapped up in who God is and what His abilities are. Are. It is the cornerstone of Christianity. Everyone, everyone, the Bible says, is given a measure of faith. This concept is a prevalent teaching within the New Testament. When Jesus arrives, when Jesus arrives, there's an overarching theme throughout his entire ministry and then stretches through all of the New Testament, even into our lives today. That 
we must have faith that there is a necessity for faith there's much teaching that we can find throughout the New Testament on faith and why we should have faith and how to receive faith and how to grow stronger in faith and how to keep the faith it is very prevalent and very necessary for us in our walk with God we find whenever Jesus is performing miracles that many times he would perform a miracle and then he would look at the person and he would say by your faith you have been made whole or you are healed he was making sure that people understood how important their faith was that they didn't believe that it was just something that he could do but understanding how it was that they opened the possibility for Jesus to do the miracle was through their faith in the Old Testament the word faith the, the if you look up the word faith it is only mentioned twice go look it up twice in the Old Testament do we find the word faith in the King James Version Bible and other derivatives of the word we find only 39 times in the Old Testament while the word faith alone is mentioned 245 times in the New Testament it's not because there was a lack of faith in the Old Testament I don't believe that that's why the word is not used as much in the uh, in the Holy Writ within the Bible it's not because there was a lack of faith we find over and over in the Old Testament characters who live their life acting solely on faith in the New Testament teaching on faith there is a, a entire chapter that is devoted to men who live their lives by faith we find that by faith Abel was approved as a righteous man that by faith Enoch was taken away by faith Noah built an ark that by faith Abraham obeyed Sarah conceived Isaac was blessed that Isaac blessed Moses led Israel out of slavery Jericho's walls fell Rahab was spared and time the Bible says time would not allow for us to tell the stories of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who did mighty mighty works through faith they fought armies they led people they sat in a lion's den killed giants all because of their faith faith was obvious and prevalent within the Old Testament but it becomes in the New Testament as Jesus steps into uh, in, in, into the realm of, of, of life and of our world faith becomes an urgent matter of teaching it becomes an urgent matter of instruction within the New Testament why why is it that all of a sudden we find where we all need instruction on faith why is it taught so heavily in the New Testament and by Jesus now this is my strictly just my belief I'm I'm, I'm not trying to to create a, a, a whole new area of study here this is just I'm I, I again this is just this is just my observation but let me give you some scripture here the the end time church, is going to face difficulties that no other generation has ever faced before. In amongst all of the teaching of faith and the necessity and how important it is and how to grow it and how to keep it 
And amongst all of the teaching that we find in the New Testament, there's also some teaching on what is going to happen in the end times, what the last days will look like, what kind of things that the last generation church is going to face. 2 Timothy 3 and 1 through 5 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Have any faces coming up in your head right now? Any people that you can think of? <laughs> swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. These, these are the days that we can find ourselves living in. These were the days that they were teaching in the New Testament, saying in the end time, in the last days, these are the things that we're going to face. These are the things that are going to come against you. And I believe that that they walk hand in hand to understand that as we begin to face these things and as we begin to come against these things, as the church begins to face uh, the, these, these types of people and these spirits and, and all of these things that are, that are going to come against us, that we must have an understanding like never before of our faith, how to keep it, how to get it, how to grow it, the necessity and the importance of our end time, last days faith. You see, the end time church will not just come against people and spirits and things like this, but there are going to be those who will even doubt the second coming. Second Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Imagine that, scoffers will come with scoffing following their own sinful desires they will say where is the promise of his coming for ever since the fathers fell asleep all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation has anyone ever had someone that, that has said I don't believe it's going to happen I don't believe there's a second coming and they reference I mean it's right here in the Bible they can go to scripture and see where this is prophesied that the scoffers will scoff and they will say that I don't believe it's going to happen you know why because it has never happened I, I'm today while studying I, I, I was trying to think of some things but there, there's many things in life that we could look at and say and it would be ridiculous to say this will not happen because it's never happened if I turned on the stove and put a pot of water on the fire and then waited a minute to a minute and a half and looked at it and said, that pot will never boil because it hasn't boiled yet. Or boiled, however you say it. That would be a ridiculous thing to say because eventually the laws of science lets us know that once the water reaches a, a certain temperature, that it's going to boil. Try to make you guys happy tonight. For someone to say God will never return because he hasn't yet, 
That makes no sense. Of course he hasn't. That means he's going to. <laughs> the word says it. But these are things that we are going to face in today's world, in today's society, in the end time, in the last days. These are the things that we will face and we are facing. People will build great arguments and, and, and have all these great uh, uh, beliefs and hypotheses and, and reasons why they believe this and that. And you know what's going to come against that and what's going to keep you on the road of saying, I know God is going to return? It's not hard facts and it's not science. It's our faith. It's our faith. We have to have faith. And we have to have a greater faith and a sometimes a monumentous faith, faith for us to be able to stand in the last days. For us to be able to look at those who are making arguments on all other sides and say, I believe this, not because I can prove it. The Word says it. And if it says it, I believe because I have faith. Jesus, when teaching through a parable about praying and not losing heart, Jesus concludes with the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? It's almost as if it was a concern that Jesus had. When the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith on earth? In the last days, there will be a lack of faith from some. There will be those who will, who will say it's not going to happen. The second coming will not take place. There will be those that are going to come against you and going to live in ways that are not of God. But what will keep us, what will keep us in the last days and in the end time will be our faith, will be our faith. You see, there's, there's dangers in coming to, to a close, coming to, I'm not coming to a close. I know some of y'all just got really excited there. When coming to an end of something, there's, there's dangers that come with that. There was a, a study that was done years ago, and it's been updated over time. But a high percentage of, and I know most of you have probably heard this, but a high percentage of vehicle accidents happen within five miles of your home. Has anybody ever heard that before? Yeah. I found out today while looking at this that in 2017 this was updated and it was it was understood that a high percentage of the high percentage, whatever that is, of those accidents happen with parked vehicles. People running into parked vehicles. There are many different uh, ideas and thoughts behind this studies that go into trying to figure out why it is that this happens. Obviously, mostly because you travel uh, within five miles of your home and most things that you do. But even whenever someone is traveling on a trip or, or they've taken a journey somewhere, most of the time that accident will happen within five miles of them returning home. And what it's believed is, is that the closer that you get to the end of your journey, that as you get closer to your final destination that you're trying to reach, that you become more comfortable and less cautious. Uh, whenever I go home from, from here, this is, honestly, this is home now. Feels like home. Thank each and every one of you for making it feel like home. 
as I go back to the place from which I was raised, Carothersville, Missouri, where we say all. I get to going down Interstate 55, and most, most all of the way is somewhat familiar. I, I went to Bible college up here, and I would go home and visit quite often, and that trip is, is quite familiar. But there's something about whenever I get to Portageville, Missouri, and I cross the Portage Bay Ditch. That's a thing. It's a real thing. I cross the Portage Bay Ditch. It's flat as far as the eye can see. I'm telling you, it's it's just it's it's home. It just reminds me of home. It smells like home. That doesn't mean it smells good. It just smells like home. And then I pass Wardell. And then I pass Hayti. And whenever I get down into that area, I I get real comfortable. Sometimes even because I know all the police down there and the troopers and all them, I, sometimes the cruise control comes off and I just start driving how I want to drive. I as a as a deputy there, I I drove those roads consistently all the time. I, I could almost close my eyes and drive any of those roads back in there and I become real comfortable a little bit complacent and I can really understand what they're saying here that as I get close to home as I get close to a place that is familiar to the end of my journey the end of my destination that complacency will begin to set in that as you're, as you're traveling, as you're on a journey, whenever you get close to home, a lot of times you wait till the last minute to leave from somewhere, and by the time you get there, the, you're worn out from the travel, and you're tired, and your guard is down, and all of a sudden, something happens. And what happened was, is that you are not as, as devoted to what you were doing at the beginning. You've let your guard down, and, and, and you're you're, uh, you're just not paying as much attention. You're worn out. You're tired. And very easily, something bad, an accident, can happen. Being from law enforcement, I still keep up all the time with officers that are uh, injured and mostly those who are killed in the line of duty. And more, more times than not, those that are hurt and that are injured, you would think would be the young officer, the rookie officer that is out and he's gung-ho and he's stopping everything that's moving and he's just wanting to work and doing all these things. And But what you find a lot of times is that it's the veterans on the job. It's worked 15, 20 plus years on the street. Some I remember seeing, and it breaks my heart, are weeks, months, sometimes days from retirement killed in the line of duty studies have gone into this to find that these officers with many years on the road living their life in this in this uh, th this career this this way of life that they have chosen that over time they become complacent they get tired of wearing the bulky uncomfortable vest they begin to think this is just another stop like any like the millions that I've done before. They neglect their safety habits. There's something about time that can 
that can strengthen us, that can teach us what we ought to do and how we ought to do it and what to look for. But there's also something about time that can wear us down, that can cause us to fall where we never even would have tripped before. In our walk with God and in our life that we are living, our, our, our religious life, our, our, uh, our relationship with God, that many times we can run into the same thing. That whenever we first received the Holy Ghost, we, man, we were gung-ho. We were all about it. It, it was something new for us. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a life change. It was exciting. But over time, we begin to let down some of the disciplines that we have. We become a little complacent. We, we let some things go that meant so much to us before, maybe because it's a little uncomfortable or because we don't like it. We begin to, to let down our guard on things that used to mean so much and that we built fences for and wanted to keep out of our lives. In the same way that, that I unfortunately see veteran officers losing their life just before retirement, I have also seen some great men of God, elders, in the faith pillars of the church walk away from everything that is truth in the last days it breaks my heart but it makes me wonder why and I, I believe it's the same concept that as we come close to the end whether, whether we're talking about the end time or if we're talking about the end of our life and the end of our road there's a time where we can begin to be complacent let down our guard and and, and, and begin to, uh, to, to live our lives in ways that we wouldn't have before that will cause things to come in, to filter in and to cause problems in our life that we never would have imagined it causes us to begin to question things that never was a question before in the life that we find of John the Baptist we find where he had the same type of situation the same type of struggle that he ran into John was the forerunner of Christ he set the road for Christ to come in on he, he gave his life to this he, he gave everything that he had to believing who Jesus was, to having faith in who Jesus was, to having faith in what he stood for gave his life to it he baptizes Jesus he, he goes through all, all of the steps and, and, and gives everything that he has to this but as he's nearing the end of his journey he's sitting in a prison cell and he begins to question everything that he has ever preached, everything he's ever lived for, everything he's ever stood for everything that ever meant anything to him he begins to question Matthew 11 2 through 6 says now when John heard in prison about the deeds of, of the Christ he sent word by his disciples and said to him are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another John John says is he, are, are you the one 
Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, and he said, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. It's an answer to John saying, don't lose the faith. Understand. I understand that that the road may be coming to an end for you, that this may be the end time for you, but don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith. It's It's a message that we need today, that in the end time church, in the last days, don't lose your faith. There's not another truth coming. There's not another person that is coming. There's not another Jesus that will, that will be making its, his way into the earth. There's, there's not another word to be delivered. This is it. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith in these end time days. This is why it's important that whether we are a new convert Thank God for new converts and the revival that they bring to a church. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than, than, than someone coming into church and having a life change and watching that life change. They, they, they can bring a whole new atmosphere to a church. But whether it's a new convert or a seasoned saint, there should always be a regimen of prayer and fasting, of reading the Word, connecting with God, building keeping our faith so when the trials come and the faith in our faith is tested we will come out victorious it's near the end it's near the end that we should be practicing faith like we never have before it's not at the beginning that we should be practicing faith it's at the end we should be practicing faith like we never have before as Jesus is coming to the end of his time with the disciples he turns to Peter again he says Simon Simon behold Satan demanded to have you to have you that he might sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail that your faith may not fail Jesus knew it as the time of his life closed as the time of joy and celebration and healing and followers would turn to betrayal and persecution that it would be hard to hold on to the faith he did not pray Peter that your finances may not fail or your strength may not fail or your joy may not fail or your peace may not fail while all of these things are important he said I pray that your faith may not fail We have been given such an incredible opportunity to serve God in the last days. To have this opportunity to live in this generation in what I believe to be the end time generation. And I know preachers, in the New Testament it's recorded, they believe that they were living in the last generation. But I believe this with everything within me. We have been given this opportunity, incredible opportunity to serve God in the last days to be his chosen generation, 
to carry the gospel. But in the last days, in the last days, it's easy to become sidetracked, to become complacent. It's easy to lose focus when other things begin to look appealing to you. To close so close to the destination that the church has been traveling towards for so many generations. We have to make sure that we are holding onto the faith. That we aren't leveling out in our faith and we aren't surely aren't decreasing in our faith but that our faith is growing each and every day. That we have an end time kind of faith. A last days kind of faith. That as society weakens and morals decline that we as the one God truth preaching, truth living apostolic believers that we make sure that we are not comparing to the last day surroundings but are following the path that God has planned for us Galatians 6 and 9 I'm coming to a close Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. That we not be weary in well-doing. That as we travel this world, that is in this society that is decaying, that is looks like it's coming apart at times that we would not be weary in well doing especially those who are of the household of faith let your faith grow let your faith be maybe as it once was we talk and I'm not trying to re-preach the message we talked some time ago about going back to the beginning and, and getting that feeling like we have whenever we first received the Holy Ghost but We've got to have, we got to have a greater level of faith in today's society than any other generation ever before. If you'll stand with me tonight, in, in the fire service there is a term for a fire that is at a point where it cannot be easily contained. And we say that the room or the house is charged. If we roll up onto a scene and there's heavy smoke puffing out of every every eave of the house and every crack and nook and cranny and the chimney's got smoke coming out of it, but other places do too, the windows, the doors, it's just, it's charged. You don't see a lot of fire, but you see a lot of really pressurized smoke. This room has been the house has been pressurized by these high levels of unburned gases which is just smoke and when the temperature reaches the perfect level and when the oxygen reaches the perfect level these unburned gases ignite and this fire reaches a flash point where everything catches and it starts to burn out of control most houses at this point are lost it becomes defensive uh, fight and there's no way to even overcome it. Call the backhoe in, they say. Just gonna have to dig it out. Everything 
at this point everything will ignite and it'll be un, we will be unable to, to control that situation here's the catch though at that moment at that moment it is a kind of a teeter-totter moment where the fire could go one way or the other that if a firefighter that knows what he's doing goes to that front door and places water in the perfect spot he can set that fire back in time and it can be easily controlled but one perfect heat source can ignite the gases and cause the fire a firestorm in the place I feel like that our society sometimes our world that we live in our homes our church sometimes maybe even each and every one of our lives are charged the place that we're in today we're in a charged place that there's a fire that's been burning for a long time in our lives in our churches our families our homes our communities in this world in our society and we're at a place where we can reach new levels go to places we've never gone before burn out of control what it's waiting on is for someone to ignite the fire and I believe that a growing in time faith of what God can do and what we can do through God can be the catalyst that will that will ignite that fire there are those here and honestly it's up to us there are those here that could be holding the torch the heat source of faith to fight or to to ignite that fire the faith that says I don't care what the world is doing I don't care what society says I don't care what my friends are doing I may not understand it but I'm going to pray I want to fast I want to read the word I want to invite my friends. I'm going to believe. I'm going to do what the Word says that, it, that I must do. Because that's the faith that will endure. The faith that will last. The faith that will continue through time. That will set a fire that can take us to a new level. However, on the opposite end of this teeter-totter that we have here are those that can bring confusion doubt, insecurities, complacency, spiritual negligence that could be spraying the water on a charged place, setting us back in time. We cannot be complacent in these last days. We cannot lose focus on where we are headed. We cannot lose sight on what God is wanting to do and trying to do in our lives and in this church, in our city, in our homes, in our schools, Brother Anthony. There's something that God is wanting to do, and we are in a pivotal moment here. And it's our faith. It's our faith, our building faith, our faith that says, I will do what I'm supposed to do. No matter what the cost, that I will keep my eyes on where we are headed. And my focus on the mission, I will keep the faith 
the last day end time kind of faith that I must have in order for us to make it. What I want us to do right now, I'm not going to open the altars and say that you have to come to the front, but where you're at, I want you just to lift your hands and I want you to pray, God, help me to keep the faith. 